0: are about to listen to where your treasure is the podcast where faith and finance meet please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice and remember investments can go down as well as up happy listening
1: hello and welcome to where your treasure is i'm bex elder and i'm here with simon glazier And we are on our second very special Vox Pop episode where we have asked a whole range of people about giving, money, faith and finance and we are having the joy of listening to their responses. So
0: let's not listen to us too much and let's dive straight in. If you missed the first Vox Pop episode, I would thoroughly recommend you go and listen to that one first and then jump into this one. And with this episode, we're talking about the practical application and the personal experience of giving. So Bex, what was the first question we asked?
1: The first question we asked this time was what has influenced your attitude to giving or being generous?
2: My influence to be generous is because I've been on the receiving end and I know what it's like to receive and I want to give back something to others in need. For me, it's the example of others. My mum has always been very generous and I've grown up witnessing her thinking of others and blessing them, often in quiet, thoughtful
3: ways that don't occur to others. Something that's massively influenced my giving is other people's generosity, seeing other people's generosity and also being a recipient, res, recipient, recipient, recipient. Mm whatever that word is, receiving it. (laughs) Yeah, that has been so instrumental in me seeing what that looks like. Jesus has been working in people and that is their response to love people beyond
4: the point of costing them. And for me, my parents have been the biggest influence in this whole area of generosity and giving. They were very open with me about their finances and so I guess from sort of my teenage years so I was aware that they didn't have particularly much money but they were always incredibly generous they were always very quick to give to people in need and they were incredibly faithful with where they felt God calling them and it meant that finances and careers very much came second to where they felt God directing them in life and that's still a huge challenge to me actually
5: I've been very lucky from childhood onwards to be around people, particularly in churches, so very generous. Many of the churches I've been part of, certainly in the first half of my life, were churches in poorer parts of town on large council estates or poorly developed parts of town. So people didn't have much, but they were generous and that was just something that I witnessed growing up, including from my parents.
6: For me, my attitude towards giving has very much been shaped by my wonderful mum, who has always been very generous in the support that she gives in lots of different ways and, and not always just financially, but very much she's got a spirit of generosity, but she's also very generous in the time that she gives to other people and the effort that she puts into things. And I think that's framed a lot of it for me as an adult as well.
0: What stood out to me in all those answers is that we asked the wrong question. The question shouldn't have been, what has influenced your attitude? It should have been who? Because it just seems that in its entirety, people influence generosity in other people.
1: And don't we want to be people who start other people's story as well? I feel that's the challenge that came out of all those people's response. What does it look like for us to be people who inspire generosity?
0: And I'd love to find out who has been inspired by these people's generosity. It's a virtuous cycle that's going to get bigger and bigger every time we show generosity. That led us then to the next question, another practical one. What can you or what can we give?
2: You can give time. You can give money. You can give hospitality. Things that don't actually cost a great deal to yourself, but mean a great deal to others.
0: Well, you can give anything, really. You can give food, toiletries, or just money.
2: Practically, I can give time, money, a listening ear, and practical
4: help. Definitely not just money. You can also give time.
7: Your influence. Energy. Expertise. Also meals and baking and cards. We thought of a few.
4: We can give a listening ear. We can give finance. We can give our time to just be with people or to practically do things for them. God is a creative God. He's made us creative. So it's just a blessing and privilege to be able to give.
6: I think in terms of what people can give financially is the obvious thing, but actually there is an awful lot more than that because I work for a local charity and so I'm acutely aware that when people give time to volunteer, that's really important and can be a very, very crucial part of community life. But I also think it can be even smaller than that. Not everyone has got finances to give away. I really love complimenting people. And in its own small way, that's a way of giving. And it might be saying hello or having a longer conversation with an elderly person in the shop. There are lots of different ways that we can give. And I think it's important to remember that you can always have a positive impact on people, even if you don't have lots of money to give away.
5: I suppose my mind goes to three T's that I've heard people talk about so often. Time, treasure, talent. Volunteering is often about giving time. Treasure about giving cash, money, funds, and talent. Just making the gifts that we have of all sorts available to others to
7: help them.
2: We give our service through serving others through church, serving others through our community. We also give our hospitality, bringing people in. We also give by teaching others.
8: We can give time energy, financial resources, hospitality. Those in responsibility can also give opportunity, especially when they give the things that they enjoy the most. That is indeed a sacrifice. All these things, if given well, without ties and expectations, can give hope.
9: So I think there's a bunch of different things people can give. One, the one that always comes to mind is probably money. Uh, but I think there's a bunch of different ways also. So if you're skilled in a specific thing, um, you know someone whose car's broken down and you've got the skills of a mechanic. One thing you could go and do is, OK, I'm going to lend you my skills. I'm going to help you out. Also time. There's so many people dealing with loneliness, dealing with isolation. So one way we could be more generous is with our time, is stepping out and recognising that loss, that lack that they have of company and going out to help.
2: I've given nearly 70 pints of blood at no cost to myself. But how many
10: people may I have helped? I think there's loads of ways to give, but one of the loveliest ways I think to give is hospitality because it includes the human connection element as well as the giving element and it makes the individual that you're given to feel really loved and connected and valued. If you're on a really restricted budget, I would say include hospitality costs as part of your planned giving, not necessarily over and above, because I know that God's delighted when we give sacrificially for that.
2: I think when we think of giving, we go straight to thinking it's financial, but it's so much more than that. Giving is so multifaceted. It's what's in our hand. It can be time, resource, our skill. It could be our words, something that encourages and lifts somebody up. And that is a blessing. So I think that's what's so great about giving, that it's in all of our reach and all of us can find our own way of giving.
1: One of the things I loved listening to this question was the absolute range of things that people came up with of things that can be given. And Guy really sums it up with time, treasure and talent. And almost everything else can fit into one of those three categories.
0: There were two things that jumped out that kind of
1: didn't fit into the categories.
0: Mark spoke about giving opportunity. I think that's brilliant. You can give somebody the chance to do something when you have the means of doing that. And then Susan, who happens to be my mum, hi mum, she gives blood. And she's inspired me to give blood. I think it's such an easy thing. It just comes back to you. You know, you give blood away. Hey, you get some more. But what a difference it can make in some people's lives. Thank you mum for showing me your generosity and giving blood.
1: And I loved what Heather said about hospitality and both the outpouring of love that's shown in that but also the way to just practically make that work for people's finances. And I don't know if you've ever been a recipient of somebody who clearly has the gift of hospitality but it's not just about the food you receive or the time you spend together but actually it's such a practical showing of love and value. And I don't know about you, but when I leave those people, I feel a lot fuller in my own heart.
0: Of course, sometimes we can't give the same way that other people give. And maybe you hear those lists, you think, I can't give much of that stuff. Sarah summed it up brilliantly. All of us can find our own way of giving. So if your passion for giving wasn't listed there, you're perfectly right. Do it your way. What was our next question, Bex?
1: In the next question, we really got into the nuts and bolts of giving and we were looking at things like how much to give, who do we give to and when should we
5: give? We've worked for a long time on 10% of gross income as the base to our giving and looking to build on that over the years. And then another 1% in addition to that, that's for more discretionary giving and then just looking at what the budget might allow above and beyond that throughout the year. We mostly give on a monthly basis in line more or less with the way our funds come in, but then there would be occasional giving over and above that. On the occasional times that we have a capital sum, either a cash gift from somebody or the sale of, say, a household item, etc., we would maybe look at giving a proportion of that at the time as well and then thinking about who or what we might make a gift to.
9: For me, when coming to planning on giving, there are two different things I do. I do one structured plan giving and then also spontaneous giving. So, for example, my plan giving will be one, my tithing to the church where I give back a bit of my salary, 10% to church, just to thank God for the things he's given me, the things he's blessed me with and to give back to the wider body. And then secondly, I have things and organisations that are close to my heart. So for example, I have a standing order with an organisation called Fusion, a Christian charity that do work with students and they're close to my heart. So I make sure a part of my salary each month, I also give to them. But then also when it comes to giving and generosity more widely, when someone presents a need and I know that I have something, whether that's time, whether that's money, uh, whether that's a skill, it's being responsive to that need. So there is plan giving, but I think there's also a spontaneity to it.
7: If we only give to the most dire and obvious needs, you know, the famines, the wars, the various screaming needs that we see in our screens and through newspapers, we might overlook those things that are important, but rarely urgent.
5: Our preference has always been and still remains to give where we feel some connection, especially personal connection. We know somebody. We may not necessarily know very directly the initiative they're involved in, but we know and trust them Sometimes we're giving directly to the individual themselves. That begins with the church that we're members of at the time. That would be a a major beneficiary of our giving. That would be a starting point from which we would build.
0: So straight away, we've got a few examples of tithing in there, of giving the 10%, possibly of gross income or at least 10%. And often the first recipient was the church. And certainly... Growing up, that was kind of how I was taught to give to begin with.
1: I really liked the way that Tacone broke it down into multiple steps. He talked about giving to the church. He talked about giving to charity that meant a lot to him. And then he talked about having the ability to give spontaneously. And I just liked the way he had those different categories in his head and how that can correspond to different needs.
0: And Guy as well gave a great example of dynamic giving, where he would give out of regular expected income, but then something happens and there's an inflow, and then, oh, we can give out of that as well. It was an ongoing thought process and conversation. Now, I should point out, we asked a lot of people these questions, but these guys, they took the bull by the horns and they answered the tough one about, how much do you give sometimes? So thank you, gents, for those brilliant answers. The next question we asked, was how have you seen the impact of giving in your own life or in the lives of those
7: around you? Well, I have personally benefited from people giving for as long as I can remember, and I hope I have sometimes passed that benefit on, though I'm sure not as often as I ought to have. I have also seen people provide for each other in ways that are often extraordinary and sacrificial and fill me with the faith that God seeks to work through our generosity. And often it seems that it is indeed more blessed to give than to receive.
8: I've certainly seen the impact of giving, both personally and in others. One example would be when we were chatting to a couple who were compassion children, And they talked about the help that they'd received by being on the Compassion Project and also, to a lesser extent, the gains that their villagers had by these new opportunities that came with the project. Another example would be speaking with families who the church was supplying with food during lockdown. People have often been generous with me too, often with their time.
2: Being a divorcee in the mid-1980s, I was given a great deal of generosity by my friends. To this day, I don't know who they were, but I'm internally grateful for their gifts, for their time, for their practical giving, all anonymously. I can never thank them, but I can give to others in a similar situation.
4: I wasn't always a generous giver, and I would count the cost on my calculator or in my head, but I have been blessed so many times over the years. I've written off a car and someone has paid the bill for a replacement car. A family member has paid the balance of my mortgage off and many, many other instances because God knows all of my needs and provides for them in incredible personal, creative and lavish ways. And so my response, is to do the same, do likewise. So it's a privilege for me now with my business to be able to bless other people with the work that I do.
3: I'd just joined the church I'm in now, so I didn't really know people, but I started going to this small group and I used to cycle to work and I would cycle on this massive roundabout, which is near Old Trafford Stadium, if anyone cares about football, and... Is very treacherous. So I was on the pedestrian bits and then I don't know what happened, but my bike, both the brakes went at the same time. Not ideal. So I literally was like pressing on both my brakes and I was not slowing down. I was going quite quick. I was probably late for work knowing me. It was like a red man so you couldn't cross. So I had to stop my bike because oncoming traffic was just doing its thing. Anyway, I decided to very dramatically turn my handlebars and just smash my bike into like the pedestrian railings. And fair play, they did their job. They kept me safe that day because I just smashed into them. My bike was a hot mess. My legs were also a hot mess. Anyway, I had to like hobble myself to work. No one even stopped for a hello, are you okay? Which I was like, come on guys. People just walked past me. I was like, all right, thanks everyone. Maybe they just thought I was just some sort of thrill seeker. I wasn't. I had to Uber my bike back to my house because I couldn't ride it. I had small group that night and I used to cycle to small group. And they were like, oh, where's your bike? And I told everyone the story. And I'd literally just been coming to that small group. And a couple in that small group bought me a bike when they barely even knew me. They bought me a brand new bike. That's the first time I think I remember being like, what's going on here? This is so wild. These people have just bought me a brand new bike. Their friendship has cost them so much and they barely even know me. There's so many stories of people being generous towards me and towards others. People paying for people's car bills when they couldn't afford it. Loads of stuff where you're like, whoa. And if you don't have any stories like that, I would so encourage you to be the story. To be the reason why someone is like, oh my gosh, I have this wild story about how generous this person was to me. And again, like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be about money. If you don't have the cash, then it's how could you help someone move or help repaint their house or be a friend or hang out with them or be good energy in the room at something that someone's really passionate about. There's loads of ways that you can extend your generosity to people.
6: The impact of giving for me as an individual comes very much from the work that I do for a local charity called Friends of Anchor in that I'm involved in fundraising and seeing an awful lot of generous giving, which makes the services and support that the charity delivers possible. So from my perspective, it very much is that there are so many organisations out there that rely hugely on that spirit of giving. And I think I've realised lately that it really can make the world go round and it can make the world a much better place.
5: My wife and I had the good luck to be in Kenya for nine years working with a Christian charity and we personally couldn't afford to pay for ourselves to be there and so we were only able to be there because of the support of others so several churches and multiple individuals helped us both in the months leading up to going The nine years that we were there and actually even in the subsequent year when we got back, we were supported financially until we made the transition from being donor funded to self-supporting financially. So that ministry, that work, rescuing abandoned babies wouldn't have been possible without the support of others.
1: It would be remiss to listen to these answers and not talk about Charlotte's bike story. Because I don't know about you, Simon, but I felt like I was right there on the bike. I was crashing into the pedestrian railings with Charlotte. But what I loved about this story was, firstly, the way that her connect group noticed something that could be really small and insignificant, like, Hey, you don't have your helmet tonight. Are you not riding your bike? And not only did they notice, but they then took action. And as Charlotte said, she hadn't even been in that connect group long. She didn't know those people very well. And she throws down this brilliant challenge to all of us, which is if you don't have a story of radical generosity, why don't you go and be that story for someone else? And my goodness, we would love to hear People writing in talking about the times where they have been the story of radical generosity in other people's lives. Consider that your invitation. If you
0: have a story of generosity, radical or not, we would love to hear it. I know from my personal experience, stories testimony is the thing that connects people and points them to Jesus. And stories of generosity have made a massive impact on my life. I am generous because others were generous towards me and towards my family. And we come right back to that starting point from this episode. Generosity affects others. It impacts others. It inspires others to be generous. It is a virtuous cycle that can go on and on and on. So how can we spread generosity to others today
1: let's hear some top tips from our contributors as a final word
10: my top tip regarding giving is more about the psychology of it if you're used to giving and you've always given by direct debit i think sometimes you forget and it's a really good plan administratively to do the direct debit thing. But I think it's really useful to sit down occasionally, work out what you could have done with that direct debit money if it hadn't gone to wherever God had been directing you to give it. And I think that's just to remember that it's a sacrifice and that God's really delighted with your obedience. Give without expecting to receive anything. Just give it
2: as a priority but don't do it as a transaction
4: i have the three letters gps which is what we need to find where we're going in the midst of life and it reminds me that when god's prompting spirit gps speaks then i need to activate faith and discernment and give as directed willingly
2: My top tip regarding giving is to go with your heart. If it feels right, it is right.
5: Make it the first thing you do before you do anything else. Don't see what's left at the end. Uh, Whatever it is you've decided in advance, set it to one side. See if there's more you can do and then take care of other things after that. But make it the top priority.
6: I think a top tip to keep in mind when it comes to giving is it is okay to say no. You don't have to give a reason. You might support other causes or you might like to do things slightly differently. And it's remembering that actually if you're asked to give, it's always okay to say no as well. A bit of a strange take on it maybe, but that's my one.
8: A top tip for me would be to not overthink and not be legalistic. Joy and legalism are incompatible.
7: Give to things that you find exciting, things you believe in, I guess, or
3: things that you believe are making a difference to the world. Whatever it takes for you to be excited about that giving, I think that will really help with you being motivated to do that, wanting to plan it, and is perhaps something that God is speaking to you about because you have that level of excitement
7: about it. Giving is a virtue. You need to practice it regularly for it to become part of who you are. It's not following a rule book, but it's cultivating a disposition. The more we do it, the better at it we become.
10: Once you've decided on your given amounts, I would say don't allocate it all by direct debit. I would always leave some aside for random acts of kindness where you see a need that you can meet. And this can just be one of the most joyful and rewarding things to do in Jesus' upside down kingdom. Because if you've decided to give, you might as well enjoy doing it and look for inventive ways of doing it. So like when you leave a cafe or a restaurant or something, pay the bill of the folks that were sitting next to you without them knowing or leaving groceries in a neighbour's doorstep. Although it is a sacrifice, giving is a joy and a privilege.
0: Well, I am not going to pick my favourite because I thought they were all brilliant top tips. In fact, go and listen to them again because they were so top, they're worth a second listen. I just want to say a huge thank you for these last two bonus episodes to all those who took up the challenge and shared their thoughts and their opinions and their attitudes towards giving. So a thank you to... Erica and Sarah, to Heather, to Elodie, Fiona, Moira, Adrian, Susan, Guy, Vero, Taconi, Charlotte, Hattie, Ben, Kenny, and Mark. You have challenged us. You have inspired us. We are so very grateful for you all.
1: And we've loved that new perspective that you've brought as well to this podcast. This podcast is going to be continuing, and so you can catch the next season in the new year, and it's going to be looking at money according to the Bible. So we're going to look at different sections of the Bible, starting all the way back in Genesis and moving through to Revelation, and what different parts of the Bible say about money, wealth, and possessions. And if you think, man, that's too long to wait, I'm going to miss Simon and Bex, feel free to listen back to one of our previous seasons in the meantime.
0: Now, I've been listening to some other people's podcasts in recent weeks and months, and this is the point where you're supposed to say something like this. If you've enjoyed the Where Your Treasure Is podcast, please do subscribe and not miss any future episodes, and leave us a review on your favourite podcast... What? Podcast app? Platform. Platform is the word. Thank you, Bex. You can see I'm an expert at this. It's been great having you as our listeners, Bex. It's been great having you as my co-host once again. We'll see you next time for Where Your Treasure Is. It's goodbye from me.
1: And it's bye from me. See you then. This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go.